MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is VSIN Final Countdown with Stormy Bonatoni and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. Thursday edition. Final countdown here on VEASANVEASAN.com. Matt Brown. That's not Jeff Parles. That is actually Adam Burke. And uh, But guess what? We're going to uh, we're gonna get you your own little name tag there uh, before Sounds the end good. of the show. Yeah, no big deal. Do you um, need a different chair or are you good? And uh, No, well, see, yeah, we'll peel back the curtain. You know, it's just one of those things where it's like Parles decided that he needed the wide butt chair instead of a little skinny butt chair. And then, like, it, it had me to where I was – I was like looking up at the microphone like this, had to do the last minute switch, but hey, it's okay. Everything is good to go. We're ready to rock and roll. It's a Thursday, baby. We got a week and four days until the Super Bowl. I know you have already put what, six, seven hundred bets in your account already? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just ready for this game to kick off. You're firing left and right on oh, this yeah. stuff. Like, yep. you getting it going. And the lines aren't sharp or anything. Yeah. I mean, listen, there's, it, I, I, let's, let me ask you the question here and just, you know, be honest. How many for fun bets do you think that you'll make? Because, I mean, it is the Super Bowl, and I actually, it's the only time of year that I actually advocate to people to make for fun bets. You're going to get together with your friends or your family, or you're going to a place, and you're doing, you're going to make a big deal out of it. You, you don't want un bet that you're just sitting there, like, sweating the entire time. Like you you, you want a you, you portfolio. 
Yeah, I mean, look, because I'm doing college basketball and then also have Major League Baseball, I have money tied up in season yeah. win totals and stuff like that for baseball. I don't go as crazy as I probably could. Mm-hmm. I would say maybe, you know, three to five things that are kind of, you know, taking some long shot type stuff, take a really long shot for MVP, you know, something about first touchdown, something like that. I'll, I'll do stuff like that, but I won't do anything. Uh, I won't do anything too outlandish. I don't believe in fun, Matt Brown. I don't believe in fun. I mean, you know, I, it's, it's okay. It's okay. I'll, I'll see if I can't squeeze you into, like, a couple of bets, you know, before the end of the show today. Just some novelty bets. That works. Things that, you know, maybe you can – you have absolutely no skill whatsoever, and it's just like, you know what, I'm going to have some fun here at Super Bowl Sunday. We'll see if we can't do that. As we sit right now, it is Philadelphia Eagles still one-and-a-half-point favorites here over the Chiefs. Fifty-and-a-half is the total. There's 151 rest of country out there so if you are looking to play the under I would go seek that book out if I were you I do think though and I can't say for certain because we've never had this many markets betting into the Super Bowl before we've never had this many people because you got to remember some of these markets that we had last year are are just now maturing right and are just now getting to kind of critical mass when it comes to being able to bet and all of that and so I assume we will see what we have seen in years past, which is everybody betting the over. Most people looking to take the money line on the underdog, which then creates a little bit of value on the money line on the favorite and all of that. But again, I don't know because there there are now tens of millions of new people who can bet. And of that group of people, there's probably a decent amount of people who know what they're doing. And so I, I don't know. I, I just assume we used to see that all the time here, Adam, because when there was no other place to bet, Everyone comes to Vegas for the Super Bowl, and so there was so much casual money and so many people going over the counter just betting the underdog money line, just betting the over complete. You just knew. If you wanted the under, you waited until 20 minutes before kickoff to go bet the under. If you wanted the favorite, you waited until 30 minutes before kickoff. You could bet them on the money line and get some value there. I assume we will see that again this year, but I guess I can't say for certain. You know, I think it's a really good point, especially when you consider the fact that we have an East Coast team in the Super Bowl in that Pennsylvania, New York, New Jersey corridor where, you know, you run into a situation where there's probably a lot of Eagles money in those Mm -hmm. three states. And then, you know, what does the rest of country end up doing with this game where, you know, it seems like Colorado is probably going the Chiefs way, maybe just because they see Patrick Mahomes twice a year and, you know, kind of know what he's capable of. But that's sort of an interesting thing, too, from a balancing risk standpoint, you know, from state to state, it's going to be really different. I mean, you think about if the Bengals had been in this Super Bowl, you know, there were some books in Ohio that had already paid out Bengals futures as kind of a promo thing. Uh, You know, Ohio is going to be a top three, top five state when it comes to betting handle. Mm -hmm. What if the Bengals had been in this game? And all of a sudden you've got Bengals versus Eagles. And now you've got East Coast versus Rust Belt, basically Midwest. So those are really fascinating things because, as you said, you know, in the past for most of the 57, 56 Super Bowls that we've had, it's just been here. And then, of course, the offshore markets. Yeah, and that's why I was actually just not only did I have them in some bets and obviously I had some futures on them and, and Jesus H Burroughs, my guy, but I was also looking for that because it is a new shiny toy in Ohio mm-hmm. as well. And I really did want to see what the numbers looked like and how things shook out because not only did they not have legalized sports betting even a couple of months ago, but now your team is playing, you know, your one of your state team is playing in the Super Bowl. I, I can't even imagine what the splits would have looked like. It would have been fantastic for us to right. kind of analyze. And what's a shame is that we didn't get to find that out really with Ohio mm-hmm. State yeah. because, you know, sports betting went live at midnight on January 1st. <laughs> as the kick was going right, wide. Right. Yeah, of course. As, <laughs> as, I, as I was, was on a flight wide. back here after getting stranded by Southwest <laughs> Airlines. So I rang in the new year and complete 
style as an Ohioan. <laughs> yeah, it was as the kick was going wide was when legalized sports betting happened. It was just amazing stuff. So Patrick Mahomes' ankle comes in, says he avoided any setbacks against Cincinnati. We figured that as it was. He, you know, basically said he's going to be good to go. I talked to Jeff a couple different times. Stormy was in obviously earlier in the week, and I think we were all under the same impression here that. I was looking at this and handicapping this as if we are getting a near completely healthy, if not completely healthy, Patrick Mahomes. We know these high ankle sprains, even if it was a high ankle sprain, which I'm skeptical that it was in the first place, take about three or four weeks to heal as it is. Anyway, it'll be three full weeks by the time this comes around. And it seems like he had, if it was, if it was technically a high ankle sprain, the most mild high ankle sprain in the history of, of high ankle sprains. So are you looking at it as if we're getting like basically full capacity, Patrick Mahomes? I mean, I think you have to until proven yeah. otherwise, right? I mean, mm -hmm. we saw basically pretty full capacity Patrick Mahomes until he re-aggravated it mm -hmm. in the AFC Championship game and then kind of hobbled around a little bit and, of course, still had some throws that were absolutely absurd. But, you know, I agree with what Jeff and Amal were talking about, you know, uh, right into the lead-up to our show, and I know you guys have talked about this on, on this week's shows as well. If you like the Chiefs, you just bet Patrick Mahomes to win the MVP. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's hard to envision a scenario in which the Chiefs win this game and Mahomes isn't really solid or at least good enough for you know, him to get the benefit of the doubt. You think about the Super Bowl against the 49ers. He was awful for three and a half quarters, basically. Damian Williams probably should have won the MVP that year, but Mahomes wound up winning it with some pretty pedestrian numbers. It, it's hard to see a scenario in which you know the Chiefs win this game and Mahomes isn't the MVP. We haven't had a regular season and Super Bowl MVP in the same year since 1999. That was Kurt Warner. So it's an easy story to write for mm -hmm. the writers as well. But I mean, what would you say? It's maybe a... 5% outcome that the Chiefs win this game and somebody other than Mahomes wins MVP. Yeah, it it would have to be the most unlikely game script basically mm -hmm. ever too because you have to think like what would it take for what would it take for one of the other guys like what um, I don't even think it's going to be an offensive player if it's an, if it's if it's not a defensive player it's going to be Patrick Mahomes in my opinion like and so then what would it take from a defensive standpoint it would take a guy to have, what, four sacks and a fumble recovery or two picks and one of them be a pick six or some kind of uh -huh. something crazy like that. And the game script most likely for the Eagles is not going to be putting the ball at risk like that enough for that to even come to fruition, right? I mean, like, there are they want to be a run-heavy team. They want to kind of establish, be it Hurts or Sanders or, or Gainwell on the ground and stuff. And so even the way that, I think the Eagles want to play doesn't even lend to that being anyone else other than Patrick Mahomes as well. So, yeah, I, I, I've been kind of screaming this. I mean, plus 130, it's obviously better than you're getting on the money line for the Chiefs. And if you kind of look at at every every way this game goes the Chiefs' way, Patrick Mahomes just is never throwing for under 250, right, for like for them to get home in this. I mean, like he's just never throwing for under 250 yards. And if he gets to 250, he's going to win. Right, and when you think about you know, the defensive players that have won this award mm -hmm. in the past, I mean, Von Miller in Super Bowl 50 is really the only pass rusher mm -hmm. that has gotten there. I mean, a lot of times you have to have a pick or two, a pick six, as you mentioned. You, know, you think about Dexter Jackson, who had a couple of picks on the Super Bowl where he won MVP. All three other picks were run back for touchdowns. He yeah. didn't even have one of those and still found a way to win the award. So it's really about generating interceptions more than anything, where Von Miller was the exception in that 24-10 Super Bowl that – wasn't particularly good anyway. So you have to be a guy that generally gets interceptions. Mm -hmm. And J Jalen Hurts threw, what, six during the regular season? Right. And Mahomes, he threw 12. But if he throws one, what are the chances it actually gets returned for a touchdown? Mm -hmm. So 
You could even make the case, and I think it's a little bit harder to do, but you could even make the case that instead of laying a buck twenty-five on Philly money line, you know, I mean, it could be Miles Sanders, it could right. be Devonte Smith, but odds are, if they win the game, it's probably Jalen Hurts. My, uh, th- I was looking at this last night where I'm like, okay, what is a Let's do a realistic game script in which it's someone other than Mahomes on the offensive side of the ball for the Chiefs. And my only thing would be, and I do not think, disclaimer, I do not think this game's going to be a blowout. I do not think this is going to be a run out for either one of these teams. However, could it be a case in which the Chiefs get up 20, 20 points in the first half off of Travis Kelsey catching eight balls for 82 yards and two touchdowns, and then the second half is them just melting the clock away and Mahomes not even having to put it in the air or whatever. Like that's kind of like the only scenario that I could even come to that is somewhat realistic where they just have a huge lead at half. It's because Kelsey just lit them up, whatever has a couple of touchdowns or something. And then they just don't throw it very much in the second half. And then at that case, maybe you could then give it to Kelsey. I do not think that's a very likely game script. I think this game plays pretty tight, but if you're trying to talk yourself into someone other than Mahomes, I think it'd have to be something like that. Right, and that game script is plausible. Right. But at 10-1, to 1, is it worth taking Travis <laughs> right. Kelsey on, this, on the off chance that, that winds up happening? Because, look, again, you think about the way that this vote comes down, and, and you know, fans do have a percentage of the vote or whatever, but a lot of times it comes from the writers, the, the people that cover the NFL. Mm-hmm. Yes, there's a story to be had about Travis Kelsey, first tight end to win MVP, in a game against his brother, all that, but... You know, again, that's just such a low percentage outcome that it's hard. And look, I think DraftKings actually has minus 650 for a quarterback to win MVP. That might even be light, honestly. Hang around. We are going to have Adam Levitan a little bit later in the program from Establish the Run. We'll talk some props with him. We'll have Mike Randall from FTN Fantasy on as well to talk what they have going into the accounts. It's going to be a great show here as we continue to run through some more news that is coming out. Do we think we are going to have McCole Hardman for the Super Bowl? Talk about that on the other side. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferreira, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the Challenge Gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market. 
as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Final Countdown with Stormy Bonatoni and Matt Brown on v the sports betting network. Hey, Adam. Yes, sir. Next weekend will be the last weekend of football, and Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook's the place to be. You can win up to $10,000 in bonus money instantly by playing an exclusive Bet Rivers Squares for the football game on Sunday. Place $10 or more in qualifying bets. You get a square on the house. If your numbers on the square match the final score of the game, You win. There are restrictions that do apply, so full terms and conditions are available over at BetRiversSquares.com. Go in. Check that out. Free square on the house if you make a $10 bet. Bet the Gatorade color, and then uh, you get a free square. There you go. Gatorade color. What is it? Orange? Yellow? Is yellow is a color? Or is it green? Is it yellow? Green? Which which one is it? Is it yellow? I yellow. guess they call it yellow. Yellow. Yeah. yeah. There is line. a green one, but I don't think it's really all that popular with teams yeah right? purple purple's great purple, purples yeah purple's I mean, if, the chiefs, if the chiefs win it's red right fruit punch yeah. i don't know what is patrick mahomes like? maybe patrick mahomes hates fruit punch that's true maybe like he, he, maybe he prefers orange the, like his, we do actually have odds for this where it's orange plus 350 yellow slash green okay so they put them together i was gonna say it's okay. kind of a weird you know it's kind of a weird color yellow green is, is four to one blue is four to one red pink four and a half to one Water just is going to be five to one. Purple is seven fifty, and then they're not going to get anybody. It's ten to one. No one gets gotten. Ten to one. 
they get God every year. And if they right. miss the first one, they go in for a second one. Like, I mean, so they're not going to – there's zero chance no one's getting God. That should be way longer than 10 to 1. So that I one's – let's mark that one off the list for sure. And we go in, and now really we just got to do some sleuth work. Someone that went to high school with Patrick Mahomes – was he like, you know, was he into, like, if you're a Chiefs guy, if you're an Eagles guy, then you got to figure, figure out what Jalen Hurts likes or something, you know, like whatever, what was, what was his favorite flavor as he was kind of coming through? This is what Twitter's good for, right? Yeah. Maybe somebody will tweet the show. And- we just crowdsource, yeah. like, hey, did you play high school and or college ball with either one of the quarterbacks? And if so, what was their flavor of choice? Yeah. And we can see if we can at least try to get in the, in the right direction. You got to think Patrick Mahomes has some sort of weight in what, Gatorade is like on the sidelines. You would think so. You would yeah, think. I mean, the, the starting quarterback probably dictates it's that. It's basically right? like him and Kelsey or like just whatever they say goes is what I'm guessing. I'm just guessing. I, but that's what I think Kelsey. that's fair. Yeah. Like, I think that's the way that I would handicap yeah. it. And then on, on the Eagles side, now that's a little that's a little more dicey. You'd have a few more alphas on that sideline than you do um than you do with the we do with the Chiefs, but I'm I'm guessing we can probably crowdsource this and come down to the winner for sure, and then we'll just bet us, you know, max bet. We'll just max bet these things, right? Yeah, obviously. I'll ride with you yeah. down to Arizona. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll just do. pop on down, and we'll uh, we'll get this in there. Clear water. Andy Reid does seem like he almost has like a pregame talk with him. Like, by the way, if we win, don't you don't you don't color you me up? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, water one, it's fine, but don't you color me up? I'm not getting colored up here. Yeah, so we're going Sounds to uh, we're gonna take a look at that. Oh. Well, I don't know. I mean, look, it, it, is is this one of the uh, the fun bets that you mentioned earlier? Yeah, man. Yes. Okay. That's absolutely what we're going to do. Well, so, so fun, we can't bet it here. Yeah. Uh, Andy Reid did come out and say that McCole Hardman, though, with that pelvis injury, is likely to miss the Super Bowl. Does that change your opinion of the offense at all? Or, I mean, listen, we, we kind of saw what they were able to do with MVS. And everything. it's just like, it's basically as long as Mahomes is on the field, I don't even know at this point if I'm, if I'm downgrading anything. Well, I think the weird thing is when you look at the AFC Championship game, and I, I kind of wrote, wrote about this over at VEASAN.com earlier in the week, like all of a sudden Pacheco became a big part of the passing game. Mm-hmm. Like that had not been a thing at all. He averaged less than or fewer than one reception per game during the regular season. I know that early on in the year, Edwards Hilaire was still kind of hanging around and, and all that, but like all of a sudden then he has five catches for what was it? 59 yards in the AFC championship game. Was that kind of a byproduct of, of Hardman going out? Is that just, you know, a lack of continuity between Mahomes and his receivers, not named Travis mm-hmm. Kelsey. I don't know. But then all of a sudden, as you mentioned, Valdez Scantling winds up with this big game in the AFC championship game, which I think makes it kind of hard when you think about trying to bet props for this game for these two teams. They both spread the ball around pretty well. Obviously, yep. Kelsey gets you know the lion's share of the targets and stuff for the Chiefs, but like beyond Kelsey, whose number is pretty high to begin with, like I really am having a hard time figuring out where to go with Chiefs yep. player props here. You look. Uh, he also said he is optimistic that Juju Smith-Schuster and Kadarius Tony would be able to play in the Super Bowl. Of course, both of those guys went down with injuries in the AFC Championship game, a knee for Juju Smith-Schuster, an ankle for Kadarius Tony. With that, like you said, more mouths to feed, mm-hmm. right? As opposed to as as opposed to just like maybe going, "Okay, listen, if these guys are out from the beginning, do they focus on Kelsey more? Do they try to Now, if all these guys are going to to play, I would only feel I basically only feel comfortable in as far as receiving props go, only feel comfortable in some sort of Kelsey angle because, like you said, it's just we haven't had the Kadarius-Tony game yet, but 
is that crazy to think that that could happen? No. I mean, we'd never had a – who would have ever thought we were going to have an MVS game? And then we had an MVS game, you know? So, I mean, like, I, for me, outside of Kelsey, I think that Mahomes is just so incredibly talented and kind of plays that backyard football enough to where – I don't feel comfortable in really any of the receiving options outside of Kelsey. No, I think it's tricky. And yeah. and also you look at Juju Smith-Schuster, and I mean, even before getting hurt in the AFC Championship game, he had what, nine catches over his previous four mm. games and had no more than 35 yards receiving in a game. So it's not like he was that big of an option anyway. Yeah. So I don't know. It just seems like Mahomes kind of goes with whatever the hot hand is. But I will say that maybe by default, just because Valdez-Scantling is the healthiest of the non-Kelsey guys, Maybe he's the one that you kind of look at, even though he's more of a deep ball threat usually. Uh, you know, maybe he's a guy that they kind of morph into something of a possession receiver in this game. Yeah, if we look, some of the other headlines coming out today, The one of the writers over The Athletic said that T. Higgins actually could be on the trade block for a top draft pick if a contract extension's unable to get done. I mean, listen, the one thing we kind of know about Cincinnati, and this is something that I actually even speculated on uh, about a month and a half ago, was that he might be a guy that they could try and move for a pick or two because paying paying Burrow and Chase and Higgins was likely not going to be in the best interest of the team when we're talking about you still got to have a defense, you still got to have an offensive line, you still got to have whatever. So it's kind of like, hey, look, if as long as we have Burrow and Chase, Boyd, you can probably get at a discount, and then maybe you just draft another. You know, you, then you just draft. You kind of continue with the the drafting of a receiver and see if you can't get that you know, solid number two, they lucked into kind of a 1A, 1B situation with Higgins and Chase, but maybe you can get to where you get kind of a, a solid number two, always rotating around Chase. Boyd, one of the better threes in the entire NFL. I, I, I think this is probably a good sound strategy for this team, for the future of the team, kind of moving forward. I mean, I know they'll, they'll at least have talks with them and see if they can get something done, but you, you can't pay all three of those guys. Right. No, absolutely not. And, and look, I mean, it's tricky because – there are so many good wide receivers that come out in the draft year in and year out that, you know, do you want to commit a large amount of dollars to T Higgins when, you know, it seems like they're going to continue to have offensive line issues. I mean, that was mm -hmm. something that they allegedly solved over the off season to a degree they did. But then of course, you know, you saw the lack of depth kind of come to fruition for them once they got deeper into the playoffs. So do you really want, when you, when you're a team, it's that close, you know, you probably believe in your player personnel department. You know, you can get a good wide receiver in the second round, a possession type mm -hmm. guy like Higgins. Why commit, you know, outrageous dollar amounts to him when you have other needs and that can just fill that again with a draft pick. Yeah. Then we look Zach Rosenblatt over at the athletics says to, you know, quote here, keep an eye on the Rams for quarterback, Mike white out there. I mean, we understand that the thought at least is that Matthew Stafford is going to be back for the Rams, but this is like multiple injuries for him. He is certainly older. He's made his money. He's got his Super Bowl. I think that he is much more likely to be a dude that if he goes out there in these off, you know, in the offseason, Adam and is trying to do some some working out and that back is still not right or that elbow is still not right. He doesn't seem like the type of guy to me anyway that's going to hold on and have like a couple of crap seasons. He seems like the dude who just be like, look, I got my Super Bowl. I did made a bunch of money. I'm out of here. Yeah. No, I think it's fair. I, and getting the Super Bowl is a big deal, yeah. right? I mean, you played on so many bad Lions teams yeah. for so long. You left. You got your ring. What What else is there really to prove? Especially now, not even just the back thing, but he had, what, two or three concussions this yeah. past season? I think yeah. it was three, actually. So, 
that's another thing, you know, on top of however many he had previously throughout his career, um, you know, that's, that's something, especially, you know, with how vocal his wife was on social media mm-hmm. and all those kinds of things. Like they're very much aware in that household of, you know, the, the concerns that come along with concussions. What's the point in hanging around and possibly getting another one next year. But then again, I mean, that, that leads to kind of an interesting thing. Like if you're going to get Mike white, like are the Rams just going to kind of blow this thing up and see what they can build up again? I think you probably have to, right? Yeah, I, think so too. I think you probably have to at that point. And, you know, I'm, I, we'll talk a little bit later in the, in the program about just all these teams that need quarterbacks, what this means, where we think some of these guys might go. An interesting little tweet exchange uh, yesterday that we can also get to that involves one Aaron Rodgers and a former receiver of his that is kind of floating out there. From the coaching st- uh, standpoint, the, vacation, the vacated jobs that are still available out there, the Colts are apparently going to go through a third round of interviews, and then Justina Anderson says the Cardinals are at least going to interview Aaron Glenn again for the team's head coaching job as well. So the Colts and the Cardinals still looking for their next guy. I don't know if it's going to make a difference in the Cardinals situation. In the Colts situation, there's some uh, there's some people still around. Adam Levitan from Established to Run here on the other side. This is VSIN's final countdown with Stormy Bonatoni and Matt Brown on VSIN. The big game means big plans for VEASAN. VEASAN will be in the middle of the action and broadcasting live from Radio Row in Phoenix, Arizona, athlete and celebrity interviews, plus our experts breaking down the game. You won't want to miss any of VEASAN's coverage. Huddle up, watch Follow the Money, Lombardi Line, VEASAN Final Countdown. Hey, that's us. And VEASAN Primetime, all live from Radio Row starting next week. Betting splits, expert picks, and betting props. You can head on over to VEASAN.com for all of those. B-S-I-N.com. You can also head to Stormy's Twitter, in which she retweeted the press release that was out tonight, today. Maybe it was last night. I don't know. It was something. I don't know. I can't even I can't even remember. It was like it was either last night or today. But there's a whole press release. You can get the schedule, the full schedule of what's going to be going on all day from the booth, which I think is uh gonna be pretty interesting. They split, they split me and Stormy up. I don't know if you know. So she's down there the first three days, I'm down there the, the last two days. Couldn't handle us there together. Too much shenanigans, things yep. going on. Like had to had to split us up. It makes sense. Yeah, the I mean, separate corners for the Super Bowl for you guys. Yeah, so it's uh, over on the Twitter machine if you want to take a look at the full lineup that we will have going down there. Some other some other people more famous than me also going to be on the on the desk throughout the course of of the day. At my fame level at one. So you don't have to be very much more famous to uh, to be more famous than me. So am I, I'm a negative integer then when it comes to fame level. There's, there's, if, there's, if you're the, a one, if the Q the, the Q score for me would be zero point something, <laughs> like zero point zero one or some kind of something like that for sure. So we'll see where you know. You let me know where you think that you would end up in in all of that. Uh, we were talking about though about the about the uh, Super Bowl MVP. Uh, Jalen Hurts is plus one twenty. Patrick Mahomes is plus one thirty. So we talked about the two quarterbacks being the favorite. Travis Kelsey is ten to one. Also AJ Brown. 10 to 1, which I find a little interesting because it's, to me, much more likely a Kelsey win as a receiver than an A.J. Brown win as a receiver. And so I would, like, be looking for for bigger odds than, than 10 to 1 on A.J. Brown. If I was going to go receiver, then I would probably just go Devontae Smith then at 25 to 1, you know, just because you're getting more than double the odds. I don't think that A.J. Brown and, and Kelsey weren't the same odds, really, because the usage is the same. 
Right. Well, and it's kind of funny. I mean, A.J. Brown, his line is 11 yards higher in terms of his over-under mm-hmm. for receiving yards. But from a reception standpoint, both guys are at five and a half and plus money on the over. Yeah. So that's kind of interesting. And, and A.J. Brown is a guy who maybe it's the knee. He hasn't really been used as much here of late as he was you know, a few weeks prior. And, of course, too, you know, Jalen Hurts being hurt. And Jalen Hurts did come out today and said, you know, the, you know, the shoulder's still kind of a work in progress. So then you're like, okay, well – I don't know what skill position guy, if any, go off for the Eagles in this game. Now joining us here on the program, your friend and mine. You can find him over at Establish the Run or on the Twitter machine at Adam Levitan. He is, in fact, Adam Levitan. Adam, thanks for joining us, buddy. Hey, how's it going, Matt? How are you? Doing good, man. Doing good. It is. Uh, is it a little bittersweet for you that football season is coming to an end, or is the grind so incredibly tough throughout the course of the six months that you're like, ah, I'm looking for a break? Yeah, I would be criminal to uh, to call anything that I do tough. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't call it tough, but but certainly looking for a break. That said, Matt, I'm not sure if you're aware the XFL starts the week after the oh. Super Bowl, so we will, we will be ready for that. Oh, we are we we are well aware. Our, our very own Stormy Bonatoni is going to be on the sidelines there interviewing. Like, so the way they're doing this stuff, she was telling us about it. It's like. Like as soon as the kicker, like as soon as he like the leg is through the ball, she can like walk up and go talk to the kicker and stuff and whatever and all. So it's like you can like do these on-field interviews. It's gonna be so it's gonna be wacky. So like the guy's gonna like just miss a kick by like nine yards, and she's gonna have to walk up and be like, "Hey, why'd you miss that kick so badly?" And he's gonna have to answer. It's gonna be great. I have uh, roughnecks ten to one to win it all already, <laughs> and so if she can help me get there on that, I'd appreciate. It. There it is, roughnecks ten to one. You heard it here first, roughnecks. 10 to one. All right. So I know you don't have uh, an, an official play here, at least in my sheet on, on side or total or anything like that, but like, let's just look, it's a point and a half in favor of the Eagles. As we sit right now, if I was giving you a free hundred mat bucks and you were going to be able to just put it on the game, are, are, are you laying the one and a half or are you, you taking the points with the chiefs? I'd be laying the one and a half. Mm-hmm. I, I think the Eagles are at just about every unit better than the chiefs, except the quarterback position, you know, and obviously that makes a big, 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 Difference. This would be kind of an all-time kind of Mahomes will a team to a Super Bowl, and he can certainly do so. But Eagles' offensive line is so good. We had them as the number one offensive line coming into the year. They've proven to have a historic pass rush. Both perimeter corners are really good. Run game is really good. Two really good wide receivers. I mean, I, I, it's hard for me to see where the Chiefs have an edge other than Patrick Mahomes being the greatest of all time. And maybe that's enough. But but I, I think uh, Eagles. Adam, the total's kind of dancing around on this game as well. 50 and a half or 51, depending on where you look. Uh, was 49 and a half for a little while, but now we're starting to see some people investing in some points in this game. What do you think the game flow kind of looks like here? And do you expect this game to get into the 50s? So one thing we've seen all year, especially from a fantasy perspective with the Eagles, is that they want to be aggressive. They want to be vertical. They want to be pass happy. You remember a game against the Bears the Eagles had, and you can run on the Bears all day, but they Bears also had a really bad pass defense, maybe one of the worst pass defenses ever. And they came out and just threw the ball on like every play against the bears. I I think they want to do that. And I think if they think they can beat the Chiefs secondary, which a lot of teams do, I think we'll see a pretty aggressive game plan from the Eagles. I think people think of the Eagles as this kind of, oh, uh, play conservative, hand the ball to Miles Sanders, run it with Jalen Hurts. They can really have a good vertical pass game when they can. And I think that's why you're seeing the total come up a little bit. Let's head to two plays you do have in your account. We'll start this first one here with the run game over at the Chiefs, and you have an under here on Isaiah Pacheco. Yeah, so Pacheco's been playing awesome. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, awesome, you know, and, and I understand that he played well ahead of McKinnon, and there's been some weird stuff going on. McKinnon looked to me like he was a little bit 
banged up in that game. You saw when they lost all the wide receivers, they didn't even use McKinnon as a wide receiver. Like to me, you know, McKinnon over Marcus Kemp in some of those wide receiver snaps is what I would have done. I'm not sure if Jerry McKinnon was ready to do so. And so we're using a little bit more baseline rates maybe than the market is for McKinnon versus Pacheco stuff. We could certainly be wrong and Pacheco could be way, way, way ahead. But in these under spots on kind of biggish numbers like Pacheco has, you can get there in two ways. You know, it could be, hey, McKinnon is just plays more than the market thinks, which I think is definitely possible. Or Pacheco just fails on efficiency. Or quite frankly, we bet unders, you know, there's a five to 6% chance that Pacheco gets hurt in this game. And so, you know, there's a lot of ways you can get there on these unders. And so we thought that was enough to make a play on uh, the Pacheco unders. I believe we have 66 and a half rush plus receiving. Adam, you're also looking at the Eagles from a rushing standpoint here, looking at kind of what's sort of become to a degree here of late, a three-headed monster at running back. But you think maybe the usage will be a little bit different here in the Super Bowl, specifically for Kenneth Gainwell? Similar stuff. You know, you've seen in the first half of both of the Eagles playoff games, Miles Sanders had 13 touches in the first half. I'm sorry, 13 opportunities in the first half of their first playoff game, 11 opportunities in the first half of the conference championship game. And then they've just like forgotten about him. And I think, I think it's been because the game has been in hand and you've seen some really good Kenneth Gamewell performances in the second half of each of the last two games. I think the market got out a little, a little bit too far ahead of their skis on assuming Gamewell has this really big role. Game's close. All the chips are down. Super Bowl, I think we'll see Gamewell in more of that five to seven opportunity slash touch range rather than the 10, 12, 13 we've been seeing lately. But yeah, you know, there's certainly uh, a paths to being wrong here too, just because at the running back position, I think the Eagles are smart enough to know there's not really a big difference between Miles Sanders and Kenny Gamewell just from a talent or efficiency perspective. Adam, we have these props where you can pick the player to have the most rushing yards, the most receiving yards. Your projections right now, who do you have leading the game in rushing yards, leading the game in receiving yards? Hmm. Leading the game in rushing yards, I would guess. Let me see what we have here. You have to give me a second here. Yeah, so we have Miles Sanders with the most carries in the game. We have Miles Sanders at 14.6 carries. Isaiah Pacheco, 10.9. Jalen Hurts, 9.0. Still could be some massaging there. So, yeah, it's certainly not a game I think I would want to invest heavily. I, Mm -hmm. I think... From a straight-up perspective, it would either be Miles or Pacheco, obviously. In terms of receiving yards, quite frankly, I mean, it's hard to see it not being uh, Kelsey from a, a just baseline perspective. We do have A.J. Brown close. We have A.J. Brown, 77.1. Travis Kelsey, 77.8. Dallas Goddard, 53.5. Devontae Smith, 70.8. So, yeah, you know, I think there's a lot of options there. I haven't looked at the prices on that, but I'd be willing to lean into some uncertainty in that market for sure because a lot of those guys are clumped together of course adam and the team over there at establish run are incredibly super sharp but way back in the day adam and i have uh put up some money to do some things that absolutely have no sharpness to them whatsoever rock paper scissors etc all the different things like that back in the day uh adam gatorade color heads or tails are you are you heads or tails guy every single time what gatorade color you like tails never fails and actually someone touted me a sharp gatorade uh <laughs> take and I'm having trouble remembering what it is now, but I do think that like with some work, you can like really hone in on the Gatorade stuff. Um, I think right. you can find the answer there. I don't, I don't have the take. I don't, I don't, I, right. if I, 
I will text you if I can find right. the, who who touted me the take. We will we'll get to that for sure. And again, just because football season is ending doesn't mean you can't get some good stuff over there to establish a run. One of the very best basketball uh, sites as well, giving out really, really good looks and takes on the DFS side of things as well as from a prop perspective. You can find him on the Twitter machine at Adam Levitan. He's Adam Levitan. Thanks for the time, buddy. Appreciate it. All right. Good luck on the Super Bowl. Off we go here. He thinks he has a Gatorade take. We'll see if he, if he texts it to me or not. Listen, if, if Adam's got a Gatorade take, I'm going to probably bet it, which we can't bet here. But good on Arizona. Right we'll after the yeah, show. We'll, yeah, we'll get on Arizona and get it done. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and challenge all-star. And speaking of all-stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is VSIN's Final Countdown with Stormy Bonatoni and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. This segment of Eastern Final Countdown presented by Zen Nicotine Pouches, surprisingly simple way to enjoy nicotine. Most products are either too complicated to use or don't provide the satisfaction that you're looking for, but not Zen Nicotine Pouches. Six simple ingredients, completely tobacco-free, and up to one hour of nicotine satisfaction per pouch. You can buy Zen online or find a store near you at Zen.com. That is Z-Y-N.com today. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. It's an addictive chemical, Adam. That it is. Yeah, the nicotine. Nicotine pouches. That it is. Nicotine. I've never uh, never partaken in the Zen. No, no. no. Well, you know, what, maybe after the show. Well, we got all kinds of stuff to do after, after <laughs> the show. We'll drive true. down to Arizona and we'll just Zen the whole way down there. <laughs> Sounds perfect. <laughs> on, the way, on the way to make some bets, we'll just Zen the whole way to Arizona and back. So, right, so, we'll we'll find our Zen in the desert. Yes, it is Matt Brown. It is Adam Burke. It is producer Stefan, the glass real person. Promise you. And we are going... To move on to some college basketball, we have some a couple of ranked teams uh, in going at it a little bit earlier here. We got a seven Eastern with Florida Atlantic and UAB. Number nineteen in the polls is Florida Atlantic. Looking at about a one point spread here, though, in favor of UAB. Yeah, it's a tricky game because Jordan Walker's missed the last few games here for UAB. He's been a legitimate game time decision in those games. Hasn't been able to go. We'll see. If he's able to go in tonight's game, he's actually missed five straight. If he's able to go, line maybe suggesting that there's a chance that he's able to go tonight. That definitely helps the Blazers out quite a bit. But, I mean, Florida Atlantic, one loss on the season. They're 11-0 and in Conference USA play. They're ranked for the first time in program history. They've been really, really solid. And UAB's been a team that, while the stats suggest they should be really good, they're just 6-5 and five in conference play. So, tough to trust them. But then when you look at the line and look at the resumes for both of these teams – Seems like a pretty telling market indicator that UAB could be the side here and that Jordan Walker may be able to go. We have at 9 Eastern, we have Houston and Wichita State. The 20-2 and two Houston Cougars on the road there as 12-point favorites, a total of about 131 in that one. What are we looking at here? Yeah, Houston, I mean, number one team by a lot of the metric sites mm-hmm. that are out there. They're laying a big double-digit number here in this one. They played a really slow tempo, so it's going to cause them – in this game, they have to be really efficient in order to cover such a big number. Wichita State is not a very good offensive team, pretty good defensive team. They could shoot the three at all. They'd be in better shape here because Houston opponents are shooting a three 46.1% of the time against them, but only shooting 26.8%. So if you start thinking ahead maybe to like Final Four National Championship type stuff, if Houston ran into Alabama, that would be a fascinating game because Houston wants you to shoot threes. Alabama wants to shoot threes does so pretty well. So if you're thinking well ahead, that could be an interesting thing. But as far as tonight's game goes, I don't really like laying double-digit numbers in games that are going to be played at a very slow pace. Washington and UCLA also at 9 Eastern. This is sitting UCLA very big 17, 17 and a half point favorites in this one, 136 the total. 
Yeah, this would be an interesting game, I think, because UCLA is a team that they don't like to shoot a lot of threes. They actually take a lot of mid-range jumpers, which typically I don't like from a team. Mm -hmm. But it's not necessarily a bad strategy taking on the Washington zone because if you can get inside, you could take that little 14, 16-footer, usually a pretty open shot against a zone defense. Uh, Washington is a team that struggles offensively as well. They're a very bad defensive rebounding team. So UCLA may get some extra possessions in this game. They also have a top 10 turnover percentage on defense. So there's a reason why this spread is as high as it is. I don't know if UCLA covers, but I wouldn't want any part of Washington in this one. 1030 Eastern. We have Oregon and Arizona, Arizona, eight and a half point home favorites in this one. 151 the total. Yeah. And Arizona's a team. I mean, they had a lot of turnover from last year, but you know, still a team I think is really, really solid. And Oregon, man, I never know what to do with them because they kind of go through the motions, it feels like, in the mm -hmm. regular season. And then all of a sudden, they come here to Vegas and, like, win the Pac-12 championship or something like that. Right. Now, they didn't last year. It was UCLA and Arizona in that game. But Oregon has been this team that they just kind of all of a sudden flip the switch when they get to a certain point in the year. I don't know if they can do that here today, though. Arizona's a really, really solid team. And it seems like they're kind of rounding into form a little bit now as well. So I lean with the Wildcats over the Ducks in this one. We got... 11 Eastern Santa Clara and Gonzaga Gonzaga a 14 point home favorite here 160 is the total so something I think is pretty interesting about this time of the year is you know and I saw a bet rivers tweet about this yesterday mm -hmm. that five of the 10 highest handle college basketball games have come within the last week so we're running into a, a part of the year now where you know we're 10 days away from the mm -hmm. Super Bowl there's no NHL NBA, a lot of people kind of shy away from, unless they're playing same-game parlays, but they kind of shy away from betting spreads because you don't know who's in and who's out on a daily basis. But when you get to this time of the year for college basketball, a team like Gonzaga, right? Everyone goes, oh, I, I know Gonzaga. They're right. good every single year. Sometimes you get some price inflation out there in the market on some of these teams that maybe aren't as good as they were in the past, but have that name value. I think Santa Clara is actually a pretty solid team here. I think this number is a little bit too high. Didn't pick this one for the article, but I'm going to dig into this game a little bit more before tip-off here, and, and maybe Santa Clara becomes part of my card. Another 11 Eastern, San Francisco and St. Mary's. St. Mary's a 12-point home favorite. Yeah, San Francisco, It's it's been tricky for them, and it's kind of ironic because their path this season has sort of followed along the same route as Florida, where Florida has San Francisco's former head coach, Todd Golden. Florida was very inconsistent, very up and down. Then they played the game of the year, at least in terms of what they've done so far by upsetting Tennessee last mm -hmm. night. San Francisco has been the same way. They've kind of been up and down sort of all over the place, coaching change, all that kind of thing. You've got to be really efficient to beat St. Mary's. They're a you know top 40 offensive team, a top five defensive team. They play at a really slow pace. You'd be really efficient to beat them. San Francisco has just been way too up and down here for me to do anything with this game. And they take a ton of threes. So they're kind of a high variance team. If they make them, they're good. If they don't, they struggle. So if they don't make them tonight against St. Mary's, this is a situation where San Francisco may have a hard time getting to 60 points. Every week we have Adam Burke on this program. Every week Adam Burke comes with some schools that you didn't know exist, and they are actually <laughs> playing basketball on a court with a, bat, with a ball and everything. And we're going to uh, run through three of those right now. UNC Greensboro and Mercer. You know the mascots of these two teams? I ab yes, the uh, yes, the angry penguins for the for Mercer and the, and the uh, and the the bashful Billy Goats for the, for Greensboro there. Well, you're very close. Yeah, uh, Mercer is the Bears, UNC Greensboro the Spartans yes. here. Uh, look, these two teams just played back on January 21st. Greensboro came away with a 59 to 48 win. Mercer took 32 mid-range jump shots in that game. Those are very low percentage shots for teams. That's pretty much 
what Greensboro wants you to do. They want you to take long jump shots against them, whereas they try to get to the rim. They're a very, very well-coached team. I think three is just way too light of a number here in this game. Also, UNC Greensboro, 20.5% turnover percentage on defense means they should get some extra possessions here. Well, I don't think Mercer is going to be all that efficient offensively. So I don't expect this game to go any different from the first meeting between these two teams where Greensboro won by 11 change of venue tonight, obviously, but I still think Greensboro is the side here laying three. Then we have Pacific and Pepperdine with Pacific being a slight favorite here in this one. Yeah, Pacific and Pepperdine popping peas in this game here. And look, <laughs> This is a massive total in this game, 161 and a half, 162. So if nothing else, even if Pacific doesn't win, mm -hmm. maybe this game should be exciting, should be interesting. But I do like the Pacific Tigers in this one. They beat Pepperdine back on January 7th on the road by five. There were no big outliers in that box score to me. I didn't see anything that would take me off of Pacific in this game. And Pacific is a team that they just, they defend pretty well from three. They shoot pretty well from three. And Pepperdine, they don't like to take threes. So this is one of those where I think if Pepperdine scores, they do it by twos. Pacific does it by threes. Obviously, three is greater than two. So I went ahead and, and laid the one here with Pacific in this game. Pepperdine just, the reason they don't like to shoot three, they just like to just walk around campus, just look around and see like, oh man, I can't believe I actually go to school here. This they is are, amazing. They're the Pepperdine like, waves. They're, yeah, they just look, they sit there and they look. It's built on a cliff. You never know whether the school's going to fall off into the ocean or not. It's, 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 it's fantastic. It's a great place to go to school. And then we have Northwestern State and Houston Christian, Northwestern State in Natchitoches, Louisiana. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm. And uh, Houston Christian, I'm going to guess in Houston. That's a good guess. Yes. Uh, you got the demons and the Christians here, actually, yes. in this one, which is pretty interesting. Houston Christian calls themselves the Huskies. They're not actually the Christians. But Northwestern State is the demons, and they're laying mm. six and a half in this game. And these two teams played a week ago, and I almost took Northwestern State, and I probably should have because it would have helped continue this bit that we have on Thursdays where I come on and talk about college basketball teams mm. that nobody knows existed, as you mentioned. But Northwestern State. Except for a, me, it's 45 minutes from where I grew up. So, like, I actually didn't know that this this one existed. That's the only reason I know about Northwestern State. So, Northwestern State yeah. was a 12 point favorite in that game. They won by 19. I think that they could very well do the same thing here. And if you are watching on the screen, Houston Christian doesn't even have a logo, so it gives you an idea of how popular <laughs> this game is here. But they're just the whole State, NCAA. Exactly. Yeah, they're the well, whole NCAA. If they are, then my <laughs> six and a half may not be the the best course of action here. But Northwestern State forces a lot of turnovers. Houston Christian turns the ball over a ton. That wasn't actually the case in the first meeting where Houston Christian only turned it over one more time than Northwestern State, and Northwestern State still won by almost 20. So I expect this game to go the same. Big discrepancy here in three-point shooting between these two teams as well. So uh, the Demons over the Christians tonight, Northwestern State minus six and a half over Houston Christian. The man to my right puts a bunch of great content over on vsin.com, and we're going to hit on some of that content whenever we come back here in hour two, talk about some tips for Super Bowl prop betting, some other stuff that you have going on over there at vsin.com. Stick around. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge 
Challenge Podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.